Okay, tell me what's your name. Uh, Craig Huberson. And you are from? I'm the, I'm, I'm the founder of Endgame Collectibles, which is a New Zealand technology startup. Okay, so you have a very interesting background, as in like you're not a gamer, but somehow you got into the business. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm a gamer in the sense that I play games but wasn't from the gaming industry. Mm -hmm. But I saw a problem in the gaming industry with two industries of collectibles and gameplay not being connected and saw an opportunity there. So I wrote a problem statement, which was, why can't I buy Doom Slayer from the game? And started to think about how we could solve that problem with technology. So that's really unusual for someone to do that, you know. So what was the, like, what was it, like an intuition kind of push? I, I, Normally no. when people play games, they just no. play the game, but I, they never write any problem statement, like, yeah. Well, I'd, I'd left sort of a fairly long corporate career at that time, and uh -huh. so I was looking at, um, you know, technology-enabled ideas. And I was playing, you know, video games with my teenage sons. And this was a problem that was identified in terms of their gameplay. If they like collectibles and they like playing games, but those two worlds weren't connected. And so that was the problem that I started thinking about. And I think probably having not come from the game industry meant that I didn't realise why it was actually impossible. <laughs> and it wasn't until we had some pretty rapid advancements this year in AI that we were able to do what we do today, which is to extract collectibles directly from gameplay and manufacture them on demand using our technology. Yeah, that's very, very interesting and it's a really good idea because previously what happens is gamers, they play a game and then after that, the um, whoever who's made the game, they will make bulk manufacturing of the merchandise and they need to find somewhere to put it as a resale item but yours is a completely different idea, right? That's right. Everything's made on demand and mm. made to order. And I think when I was also researching this business, I saw that um, Pop Figures had to put $30 million worth of inventory into the rubbish because they couldn't find the yeah. marketplace for them. And so it seemed like there was a lot of waste in the collectibles industry. You know, it's predicted to be a $30 billion industry in a very short number of years. Um, so there's a lot of growth here, a lot of customer demand, a lot of players wanting the physical experience as much as the digital experience. And so I saw there was a real opportunity here to bring those two worlds together with technology gluing it together, but creating a sustainable... We're making toys, for sure, but we're making one-off toys on demand. Everyone is made to order. It's made by the gamer themselves. It's directly from the game, so there's no waste. Okay. Basically, right, you created the game. Is this a new game that you're... No, we just create the plugin. So we have a plugin for Unity and Unreal. Uh -huh. um, and we have the technology which extracts uh -huh. whatever the gamer is playing in the game uh -huh. from the game to our technology that then makes that able to be manufactured on demand. Okay, so uh, how many units have you sold? If you may, if you can divulge that information. Yeah, we haven't sold a lot. We've launched this week with Flightless. Mm -hmm. We have a game called Monster Racing League. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we've sort of delayed our, our launch until PAX to launch here. Uh, we've had something like 50, 30 or 40 orders that we see in the system now from the start of this week. But it's going to take a while for people to build. Um, but we're really just kicking the business off now. We've spent around a year doing the R&D and creating the technology, uh, and now it's ready to go to market. So where was the plugin um, coded? Was it created in New Zealand? In New Zealand, yeah. yeah. So there's, we're, we're kind of creating software across three industries, game development, the plugin for those environments that I've talked to, the make-ready software, which is the AI that we've created, and then the additive manufacturing, which is the machinery that's 
actually manufacturing the models. So we've had to build a pipeline of software that connects those three things together so that the experience for a gamer and for the studios is that they insert the plug-in, they click the button, and then the next thing that happens is that a door is opened somewhere in the world where it's made and it comes out and it is shipped and sent to the customer. Okay, so um, any problems? Have you seen any problems in terms of, um, okay, like say I'm playing Super Mario and I want to buy Mario, okay? Um, and then, okay, tell me what happens next. So what happens is that you will be in a part of the game where the Mario character is possibly in a cart or not in the cart and you may be able to change his colours or you might just want that character. There'll be a button there which will say buy physical no. collectible or oh. whatever Sega, I think it's Sega, want to have as their experience for that purchase. You click that button. Uh, we then at that point extract in a very short milliseconds what we need to take out of the game and then we create that file and we send it directly to the manufacturer. What the customer gets returned to them in the game or outside the game, depending on which way they want to, either QR code or web view, they enter their shipping details, they see immediately what it is that they're going to get made for them and they buy. Oh, that is excellent. So, any pain points like the manufacturers? I know you said they are based where. Can you divulge that? Uh, we, the manufacturers we're working with at the moment are in Eindhoven in the Netherlands. And, uh, and anywhere also, else? And, and also, we have some contract manufacturing lined up in Canada. So, we because we are a New Zealand based software company, we have got some machinery to manufacture in New Zealand but shipping from New Zealand is very expensive. And so we want to ship closer to the customers. And because these are made on demand, uh, we don't need to have a warehouse of inventory. Yeah, so how long does it take for the customer to get the end product? Well, this will appear within a week. So a wow. person can be on a game and they can click the collectible they want and it goes straight through the manufacturer the same day. And it really comes down to a manufacturer as to how quickly they manufacture that file and send it to the customer. So how much is like, you know, can a ballpark figure of the range of price that a consumer would have to pay for all these collectibles? Well, it's up to the game studio to decide where they want to price these collectibles because they're made on demand. Um, a feature of our pricing is obviously the cost of manufacture. So whether they're five centimeters, ten centimeters, or fifteen centimeters, that changes the pricing. You know, so um, we can go from less than a hundred dollars to a thousand dollars, depending on the size uh, that the game studio wants. So it's about them valuing their IP. Um, that's where they can see opportunity, and also because we share revenue with them, they have a, an interest in making sure they price these collectibles well the fact that they are scarce, they're rare and they're one-offs, but equally they're able to be mass manufactured. Mm, okay, and this also falls in the sustainability thing where mm -hmm. there's no waste, right? Well, so we don't do retail packaging, so we don't do you know, the cardboard and the plastic boxes because we don't feel we, well, we don't need to compete in the retail environment for our collectibles to come off the shelf. So that means that we can ship in very simple boxes and a very sustainable way where the collectibles are safely delivered and we want them to come out of, out of the box and appear on your desk or living room or wherever you want because we want them to live actually out of the world with you and not sit on a wall with a bank of other collectibles. At the end of the day, this is a collectible which you have made yourself, which is your, you self-actualising your gameplay. So we think it should be the one that sits, or two or three, or how many you want to do from the themes from the game, that sits with you as a daily presence of the brand that you most enjoy playing and want to play with. So anyone that's on uh, Unreal and um, what's the other Un song? Unity. Unity. 
anyone's games that are on that platform can get your plugin? Yes, they can go to our website, they can sign up, um, they get an API key, then on GitHub they can see the plugins and the documentary uh, and the documentation, uh, and from there it's a 20 to 30 minute uh, development time for them to put our plugin into the game. And then they have to decide where they want to put that graphic button, which is the buy button, and put that in the game when they want to go live. Okay, um, sounds very like, this is like a dream come true for many people because, you know, um, and um, I'm just thinking like, what kind of materials do you use for the game? Like, are they, um, because some some gaming um, collectibles, right, they are, they're made with um, plastic. Okay, okay. Mm. Sorry, I have to backtrack a bit. They have a mold. Yes. So how does this work? Like, and then you know that one mold will make thousands of pieces, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. yours is going to be like one-off kind yes. of thing. So They're all one-off. So the machinery process uses resin and UV light to cure that resin. So these collectibles are made as slices on a on a end of manufacturing or the latest generation of 3D printing. Um, CMYK, plus we can have clear, uh, and we're also, you know, the technology is also able to print rubber and also metals as well. So the additive manufacturing industry has come an incredibly long way in the last um, you know, couple of years. So we have a business today really for two key changes which have appeared, I guess. Firstly, AI, so that we can um, extract files and we can recreate these meshes as we do and send them. And secondly, the added manufacturing industry has full color printing. So these collectibles come out of the machine full color with some support metal, material that has water soluble and is removed, but there's no hand painting, there's no oh. bits that need to be clipped off. Um, so there's it's no a clothing. very simple process. Yeah, okay. And um, basically, right, um, do you have a competitor? No. <laughs> it's just what I think, you know, we've been talking to people this week at um, G Capital, so PAX, some people said we need to rebrand our company from in-game collectibles to impossible game collectibles because what we've made is what was previously impossible possible. And really we, we don't have any competitors I guess because we took some academic research earlier this year which was just fresh academic research around AI which has enabled us to create watertight meshes. Um, you're on demand. So in terms of the company, right, I, IGC Studio, tell me about the staff count and, um, yeah, because you see you're working in New Zealand mm -hmm. and your whole manufacturer is overseas. So how uh, do you have any pain points there? Do you have so, somebody in Netherlands? So we have, uh, we have our contract manufacturing relationships, but we are a very small team. Uh, of technologists, so you could describe us as a uh, software company, uh, predominantly, and so we have people who work on building the plugin for the games, uh, we have our AI, uh, and then... How, uh, yeah, how many people? So there's four of us in the company at the moment, and then we have contract resource that we use for scaling other parts of the business, but we have four full-time staff. So at this point, you know, we are, we've been funded by uh, Hill Farrance, which is a VC firm out of New Zealand, they've been incredibly successful, helped us get to this point and now we're looking to get this proposition to market, getting some studios on board, um, getting product in the hand of gamers and then we're looking for some investment then to scale the business. So who are you talking to, like anybody, the big boys, like Nintendo? Oh, I was at Tokyo uh, Game Show in t uh, two weeks ago and, you know, my, uh, you know, my I've got around 70 leads of game mm -hmm. studios that I've spoken to. It, I've, I've met very few people who've said no. Um, 
it's all about timing. It's fitting in with their development cycle of when they do their releases and when they can bring this to the customers. And not every game has the high-level customization that is best for our proposition as well. So we can extract from the game the same character and over and over again. But I think for those games where they have a high-level customization experience or multi-theme or changing theme environment, this is where their customers can have multiple, multiple collectibles. Okay, so um, I'm just trying to see what else, um, like, um, who's the co-founder? Constant uh, Mering, who's uh, my co-founder. Okay, and what does the pers- uh, co- your, your co-founder bring in? Like, uh? So Constant so is, is, is a technologist, so he's a development engineer by trade, a product person, and so he has worked on a lot of the real hard technology that we've needed to take this and bring this to market. So he's a pretty special individual because he's been able to traverse game development, AI and also platform, which is the commerce part of the business. Uh, and so he's been able to bring that experience and also, I guess, you know, his entrepreneur flair uh, with myself to the business to, to take it to market at this point. So I, I uh, the name of the plugin is IGC? So the company is called In-Game Collectibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, our website is IGC.studio. And what's the name of the plugin? Uh, well, the plugin doesn't have a Well, oh. the plugin, the plugin uh, is actually, we do have a name for it, which is called DD360. Um, the reason why it's called that is because DD was the world's uh, first uh, magician. Uh, an Egyptian, actually, and so 360 is what we do in the enveloping mess. So we had a little bit of a play with kind of our brand around creating magic, and so the name of the plugin is DD360. It's more of an internal brand, but we do expose that to our customers. And to for gamers to put that plugin in their, um, mm-hmm. you know, um, in Into their the game, game, how much would they have to pay you? They don't pay anything. So uh, our technology is free to the studio. Our business model is that we share the revenue with them on any collectible sold. What is it, 50? The, uh, the... So at the moment it's about 15%. Uh, is, you, you get 15%? It's what we give the game uh, studios. Oh, yeah. 50, okay. The rest is yours. The rest, well, we have to pay for the manufacturing yeah. and the items and the shipping and all those sorts of things. Uh, but that's sort of where we've set our commission structure, which is more than what most of them would get if they were to use a licensed manufacturer in other parts of the world because we want to sort of, you know, make sure that everyone has, is well incentivized um, to, to create this experience for their customers. One, uh, one five, right? Yes. Okay. Do you foresee any, um, like, lawsuits coming from contract manufacturers overseas who have signed up with big guys like Marvel or Nintendo to actually produce their, you know, collectibles? Do you see that kind of... Uh, well, I think that, um, you know, there is probably a trend line for mass customization or personalization of toys. Um, traditional manufacturing process of creating a mold and um, using you know, PVC or, or vinyls doesn't necessarily fit that trend line, but that is a big industry today. So we are disrupting that industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the game studios to participate in that industry need to create a file. They need some 3D people to create a file which is able to be manufactured. A mold is created. Um, it's a one-off item, uh, and then it you know, is manufactured in minimum quantities of, of their thousands, and then packaged and taken through channels to market. So our disruption is the collectible is made in the game, it's made on demand, it's made to order, and it goes straight to manufacture and then straight to the customer. Mm, okay, so you cut all the pain points. This is a really mm. great idea, and thank you thank so you. much for your time. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.